Welcome to MPT Podcast. This is Pastor Tim Wilbanks. We pray that this Word of God will bless your life and ministry increase God's blessing upon you. Romans chapter 8, Romans 2, excuse me, verse 8. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteous indignation and wrath. Tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jews first and also unto the Gentiles. I want to teach tonight, bring you a word of the Lord from this on a word that we all know. I want to talk about salvation tonight. How many thanks God for salvation? If God for helps me continue the next few weeks. I'm going to be getting into um, own salvation, Calvary, the new birth, uh, Jesus' name, baptism, the oneness of God. I want to get into everything. And I know some of us, well, it's good for us to rehear it. No, it's good to hear it all the time. It's good to hear it all the time. Amen. So we need to lay the foundation. Let's lift your hands. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Thank you for these wonderful people here tonight. We know they've been weary and tired and been laboring in this whole world. And we know, Father, that you are their strength and their help. We ask, God, for your touch to be upon their body tonight, wonderful God. We ask to touch those that we have called upon in prayer, the sick. We know you're a healer. We know you can, God, touch their bodies right now with your healing virtue. We have faith, God, in our prayers, God, in you and what your ability can do can touch them. We ask you to bless the saints tonight. Bless them physically, spiritually, mentally tonight. And bless this word, God, to go in the heart. Let it be sowed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody give God a praise offering and shout. Somebody thank him for what he's going to do. You can be seated. Do you really understand? Do we all understand really about salvation that has been given to mankind freely. You see, yet this salvation is a choice that each person has to choose upon their own. Salvation is not forced on you. Salvation is offered to you, and it's a choice that you have a choice to receive salvation or reject salvation. Ephesians 4 and 5 tells me and you that there's one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. We know that even though in the world is loaded with multiple so-called plans of salvation, we know there's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Yet we see, yet saint of God, we see in God's word, there is only one way to be saved, and this salvation is presented to us by Jesus Christ himself. You see, God was manifested in the flesh, who gave us this salvation through the sacrifice of Jesus, through the death, burial, and resurrection. This salvation comes to us by God's grace, not by any works of man's part, but it comes by the grace of God. You see, as he offers us salvation freely, If you receive salvation, it is given to us freely. We are, when we receive salvation, saint of God, me and you are justified by grace that is an undeserved favor. 
Don't you realize tonight you receive salvation by the grace of God. You didn't deserve it, but he offered it to you and you received it by the grace of God. Me and you tonight are saved through grace. You see, i got a long ways to go. That is, we haven't done anything to deserve it. Yet he gave favor before we even knew him. Jesus Christ gave me and you favor to have salvation before we was even born. You see tonight, so by grace, an undeserved favor, we are justified through Jesus Christ's redemption of Calvary. It all come through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You see, through it, the death, burial, and resurrection, now, saint of God, that me and you have, we have salvation. There's only one salvation. There's only one way to be saved. Now that we have salvation, he extends everything necessary for us to preserve our salvation. Once we receive salvation, and then it's an offered freely given to you, if you want it, you can have it. If you want salvation, you can have it. He's not going to force you to repent. He's not going to force you to be baptized. He's not going to force you to receive the Holy Ghost. But it is a willing act that God gives you this salvation. Here it is. If you want it, I want you to have it. So not only does he give us this salvation, he gives us, saints of God, extends everything necessary for us to preserve our salvation that we receive. You see, he gave us, me and you, what we needed to keep the salvation and to keep us from backsliding. You can lose your walk with God. See, you may receive it, yet you have, you've got to keep it. Can you lose it? Yeah, you can lose it. But it is your job to keep your salvation in your life. Now, hold on. What do you mean? I mean, you've got to keep the salvation going on in your life. You see, Philippians 2 and 13 tells us, teaches that God works in us, to bring about salvation. If God's not working in our life, then the salvation he gives us will not work. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and do the good ple- his good pleasure. It is by the very spirit and the work of God that he, that he helps us Work salvation in our life. Now hold on. I'm going to help you. Philippians 2 and 12 says, Paul abonished us. Work out our salvation with reverence and watchfulness. He wants us to watch out. Somebody shall watch out. God has given us prayer and fasting and the word of God to work out living for him every day. Men, you cannot make it without prayer and fasting. We can't make it without the Word of God. 
we got to have these substance in our life for us to keep the salvation which we received at an altar one night when we repented and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. You got to keep that salvation. You see, he gives us, he helps us with our salvation. He gives us prayer. He gives us prayer in the spirit to help us, to help us. God's grace, saint of God, to help us with our salvation to do the very will of God. You and I cannot live for God without the help of the Holy Ghost. You cannot live for God. This is what's so important to do. If you have salvation, the grace of God giving you salvation, saint of God, if you don't have a prayer life, then that salvation is going to come weak in your life. You just don't come up here like McDonald's and drive through a window and pick up your order and go to the next one and pay for it and drive off. You hear me now. When you pick it up, you got to keep it going. And the reason some's backslide and some gives up, some turns to the world, is because they don't have a prayer life talking with God. Some, yeah, yeah, I do, but this is it. When you totally pray to God, you don't only just pray, you submit your will to God to help live the will of His Word. And you and I cannot live the will of his word without the help of the Holy Ghost. Come on now. That's why he said, I've got to fill them with my spirit to help them live the will of my word. God's grace, his grace will lead to good works and holiness. He'll help us get there. If you don't have the Spirit of God, and I know some of us are going to go to sleep because you ain't, you, don't, you ain't used to this kind of stuff, but if you don't have the Spirit of God in your life, you don't have nothing to help you to, to do good works. And just allowing it, if I can have you a moment, just allowing the Holy Ghost to lay there dormant and not praying in the Holy Ghost does you no good. You got to pray to produce good works in your life. You you got to pray to have good works in your life. You're going to change your spirit. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your outlook. It'll change your choices. It'll change how you look. It'll change how you act. But you've got to pray in the Holy Ghost for salvation to work through your life. Anybody making sense? Now, God's salvation, he'll help lead us into living good life and a holy life if we allow it. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 teaches, I read it, salvation by grace and not by works. But the next verse continues this. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now listen, 
Just living, saint of God, just living a good life is by the grace of God. How did I make it through the day without doing anything bad? It was by the grace of God that I made it. It was by the favor of God that I made it. Living with morals, good conduct, and ethics of God's word, you've got to understand that God had already ordained this before that this uh, even before that we should walk with, with God before we even was, was filled with the Holy Ghost. He ordained that this is how you're going to be, this is how you should be, uh, before we was filled with the Holy Ghost. God already made a plan. He'd already had it planned out before we received the Holy Ghost. And I, I didn't understand all this until I started reading and studying, but I understand where I am at right now, God had already planned for me to be here. I would not be here in the plan of God if I did not follow the Holy Ghost. And can I tell some of you tonight that there's some places that you haven't reached in your life yet because God is preparing it for you. But if you keep walking with him, the grace of God, the favor of God is going to take your life there. Now, you see, living good life, God ordained this. Titus 2, 11 and 12. We get on this. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We should. Somebody should. You see, grace, grace doesn't give you permission to sin. Let me say it again. And I deal with people who, well, you know, there's grace. And this is the deal. They're hung on some habit that they ain't, they ain't got the guts enough to deal with that habit. And they use the excuse, well, God's got grace. Let me give you a little word here. Romans 6, 1 and 2 tells us, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God is not God's will that we continue in sin to keep receiving grace. That ain't God's will. Romans 6 and 15 says, Shall we, shall we all continue on because we are not under the law but under grace? God forbid. Should we continue on sinning because we're not under the law and we're under grace? No. No, God, God didn't meant for us to continue sin because where grace is, sin much more bounds. He don't give us grace to continue to sin. He gives us his favor for us to overcome the sin. You see, grace makes the Spirit of God available to me and you. The grace of God tonight is here. I mean, the Spirit of God's here tonight because of the grace of God. You ought to be thankful that God's unfavored merit, uh, we weren't even favored for it, but he gave it. And it's, uh, we are unfavored for it. But thank God for his grace. He said, I'm going to give it to you. Although you don't even deserve it, I'm going to offer it to you. You understand you have something tonight you didn't even deserve? 
You ought to be thankful God filled you with the Holy Ghost. Every day I pray, this is in my prayer. Thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you, Lord, for the blood of the cross. Thank you, Lord, for your death, burial, and resurrection. If it wasn't for that, I could not be saved. I want to thank you for salvation. Somebody ought to thank you. You're blessed tonight to even have the Holy Ghost in your life. You see, grace makes the Spirit available to us to help us, Brother Jim, overcome our will and to submit to the will of God. The Spirit of God is to help me and you submit to the will of God. That's what it's all about. So we can live a righteous life and fulfill the law of God. That's why we need God's Spirit strong in our life. Romans 8, 3 and 4 tells me and you. For what the Lord could not do, in that is, was weak through the flesh. God sent it, you hear this? For what the law could not do, in that the, it was weak through the flesh. Hold it right there. In the Old Testament, they lived under the law. They only lived by law that was given to them. They had to live by the law. You cannot do this. You cannot do this. You cannot do this. If you do it, you sin. You cannot do this. But they didn't have help to live the law. And I get sick and tired of people who saying it's hard to live for God. Let me tell you something. You've got help to live for God. If you want to live for God, you can live for God. In the Old Testament, they had to live by the word. It was hard. They didn't have no inward help. They didn't have no God help. You did it or you died. God sent in his own son in the likeness of the sinful flesh for our sin to dim sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. In some, in some of it all, God's grace brings salvation as a free gift including the power to live righteously. In Acts 13, 38 and 39 tells me and you, but it is known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. And by him, all that believe are justified. Listen to me, saying, You are justified from all things. You're justified from all things. And from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. He made a way to justify you because the law of Moses couldn't, but Jesus did at Calvary. We are justified from all things, though the law of Moses could not do. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection justified us. Now listen to this story. Listen to this. The ideal of justification is like this. Listen to me. Is that there is a courtroom scene in which the sinner stands guilty before God. You're guilty. But because Christ satisfies the demand of justice on the sinner, he receives a sentence of acquittal. 
I don't know if you understood what I just said. Let me say it again because somebody's still looking. Uh, the sinner stands there. You're guilty. You're guilty. But Jesus says, hold on. I'm going to pay the penalty for his sins. Now he stands there acquittal, forgiven of his sins. Living by the law, Moses could not put man here, but Jesus did. Now listen, saint of God, when you are Repent and feel with the Holy Ghost and baptize in Jesus' name. You're justified, made, made possible through it all. It makes us right before God. Justification makes me and you right before God. But Scott, when you repented, God fills you with the Holy Ghost and you was baptized in his name, it made you right before God. Now listen to this. Our justification is made possible through him. Now, now that you are justified, now that me and you are justified, when you receive it here, you're justified. Now, me and you start the process of regeneration. We start the process of regeneration. You see, regeneration is the process of regenerating, building back. When you was born again, here and filled with the Holy Ghost, behold, all things become new. When you died here on the altar, the old man died, you repented, and God filled you with a new life, regeneration starts at the altar. Regeneration. After salvation, you're justified through Christ, then Regeneration starts when God turns the heart of man towards him and the man turns himself towards God. That means at the altar when you were justified, you turn yourself, look at me, you turn yourself away from the world, you're back on the world, and you turn your face towards God. You have to turn yourself through rebirth. To regenerate. The new birth gives you a new start. Aren't you glad that he gives us a new start? I, don't, I think some of us don't even have a clue of what really what we have. I, that's why in the next few weeks I'm just going to dive off in and throw it all out here. We don't even realize what we have. You understand tonight, saint of God, we have what we have by the grace of God. We didn't even deserve it, but he offered it to me and you, although we were sinners, by his grace, he said, hey, I want to offer you something tonight. I want to offer you salvation. I want to offer you a new birth. I want to offer you a new life. I want to help you get restarted in your life. Now, you hear this. Regeneration is a process of building back. You see, the Spirit of God that's in us, if, 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 and the Spirit of God, if you use the Spirit, is to help you regenerate. You've got help to rebuild back. I get sick and tired. I just can't get this out of my mind. You have Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. God's able 
to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can even ask or think. You hear me tonight, precious saints of God. You have the Holy Ghost to help regenerate your mind, your soul, your life. You've got help to make it all new again. But hold on. Jesus don't come down and get your hands and go, don't touch. He don't do that. He don't come down and, and take your head when something comes on TV and say, don't look. Or he don't come down and sli slide his hand over your eyes real quick. Or put his finger in your ear. Or grab that tongue when you should, we shouldn't say nothing. Boy, wouldn't that help, though? It helped me. You know, sometimes I want to say, help me a little bit more. Anybody? Come on, help me a little bit more. Please help me. Help me. Cause it, it, I, I said, Lord, I'm, I'm getting sick of this flesh. Now, I don't want you to do nothing to it because i got to live in it until you come. You know, I, I don't. But just help me. Now, now look at this. You have to turn yourself through the rebirth to regeneration. The new birth gives you a new start. That is changing your nature that has been sinful so long into holiness. You and I, saint of God, are in charge of changing the new nature. Regeneration, saint of God, is a process. Yet you have power through the Holy Ghost, Acts 1 and 8, to help us. As we use salvation of Jesus, we are transforming ourselves. How many knows it's a process? I said it's a process. I said it's a process. It's a process. You see, I thought of this today in prayer and studying. I thought, of, you know, if we could do like some guys that are bodybuilders that go to the gym, they use extra stuff. Them guys didn't get that big. I'm just going to tell you, I've been in it 25 years, 30 years I've been in the gym. And I can tell you when I walk in and say, uh-huh, that ain't salads and steaks. <laughs> That's some of that, uh, they call it Holy Ghost juice. That's some of that juice that's changing them. And I thought, boy, if we could get some of them shots that, that were doing the Holy Ghost, I would become a multi-billionaire because every pastor in the world would be, we'd make us a factory right here in this little field, and we'd be shipping them trucks out 24 hours a day, Holy Ghost juice. And we see a, such a change in the world, maybe we'd have to run and tackle some of them folks and just hold them down. Brother Scott, give them a shot. Give them a shot. We'd change this world. But you see, that's the natural world. That's how they grow. But Jesus has given me and you the Holy Ghost. He's given us power to help regenerate this old flesh, this old nature of us into a new nature. As we use salvation of Jesus transforming us, you got to use his help. You got to use salvation. 
Sometimes you've got to tell the devil, I've been justified. Quit telling me I'm still a sinner. Quit telling me I'm still lost. Quit talking about my past. He's forgiven me. Come on. It's out of the blood. Shut your mouth, devil, and get behind me. I'm justified. I'm in regeneration. God's making me new again. And can I tell some of you, be patient with yourself. You're just going through regeneration. Come on now. I know some of us, even you go to gym, some grow, get stronger than others. It's natural, natural genetics. But sometimes, even in the spirit world, some people outgrow other people. Come on. Okay, I'm going to hit you between the eyes. You think because it's easy for you, it's going to be easy for everybody else. You're wrong. You're wrong. Come on. Their fight. All right, I'll go. I'll go tell you, okay. I tell you what, if you think that's easy, I'm going to come and I'm going to give you a, a diet. And I'm going to say, you're going to eat it. You're going to eat it for 30 days like this. You're going to eat it. Let's see if you can eat it. How I eat it. You go, I, I, I can't eat that stuff. Well, okay, don't judge. It may take me a while. So don't judge the other person trying to get re- regenerate some things in their life that they're having to work on. You see, I believe a lot do not know what they have and how to use it. Or they, they, they have, or they have regenerated all they want to give up and change. They regenerated all they want to regenerate. In 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, let me hurry. Does anybody learn anything? Oh, I have. Having therefore promises, dearly beloved, let us, somebody say, let us. Clean ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That is me and your, that's our job to perfect ourselves. We are to get things out of our heart. We're to get things out of our mind. We're to get things out of our life by the help of the Holy Ghost. Jesus gave you help to regenerate. Our help is through the power of the Spirit of God. Regeneration is a battle, saints, that you're trying to, 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 to change what has been there so long and it refuses to give up, yet you have the Holy Ghost to help you. Through the death, burial, and resurrection, there's power of a resurrection. Here, listen, hear this. It's like a man in the tomb of Galleria. When he saw Jesus, the Bible said he came running out. He ran out. He ran out, and he went and worshiped Jesus. If you want to change, you can change. Let me say it again. If you want to change, you can change. It wasn't 2,000 demons that helped that dude. That's a lot of demons. But to me, it proved that his will was stronger than the power of of the demons that tried to hold him. So don't tell me that some spirit is so strong in your life. Uh Uh-uh. It's your will that's got to make its mind up. I'm not staying in here. I'm coming out of this life. I'm going to change my walk. I'm going to change how I live. I'm going to change how I do. I see Jesus, and he runs to him, and he worships him, and Jesus gives him a change. If you want to change, you got help to change. You got the Holy Ghost. 
Second Thessalonians, First Thessalonians 5 and 23. I got to hurry. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. The very God of peace sanctify you. How does our help come? It comes through the Holy Ghost. Paul said, and I pray God your whole spirit, your, I pray that your whole spirit, your soul, your body be preserved blameless in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul prayed that through the Holy Ghost, that through the Holy Ghost, anybody here, that through the Holy Ghost, that your body, soul, and spirit be preserved blameless. It's going to be through the Holy Ghost that we'll be saved. We're not going to be saved, Brother Steve, without the Holy Ghost. We're not going to be saved. We're not going to see Jesus without the Holy Ghost. Come on, folks. If you're not praying, knock you, knock you on the head. If you're not praying, you're not going to be saved. Because if the Holy Ghost is not working in your life, then it ain't changing you. Then he tells us, saints, he tells us, separation from the world comes through dedication to separate from the things that are in the world. We got to separate ourselves. 1 John 2, 15 and 16. I'll give you an illustration. Love not the world. Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now, now, Saint of God, listen to this. We are to be in the world, but not of the world. We are not to isolate ourselves, though. We are to be a light on a hill, not to be put under a bushel. We do not allow the world to affect our choices. Now, here's an illustration. Just as Joshua and Israel went into Jericho, God told them not to touch anything in Jericho because it was all accursed. They had victory over Jericho. Multiple people did not touch anything that was in Jericho, but one man Achan saw the Babylonian garment and the silver and gold and he lusted after the Bible said and he betook of it. Now you can be in the world but don't touch the things of the world. It don't say isolate yourself at home and shut the door and don't go nowhere. It don't say uh, avoid going to the store and, and come in contact with sinners and lost people. That's why he put us here to be a light to a dark world. Just See, they were all walking around Israel as they invaded Jericho. They listened to God's word and stayed separate from Jericho. Yet Achan did not. He took of the things that God told, listen to me, of the things that God told him not to. You better listen to me tonight. He took things which God told him not to and he cursed his, all of his house. He cursed his wife, his children, his parents, his possessions. Everything died and everything was burned because he did not listen. He did not listen. You better watch out. The world will destroy your home. 
the world will destroy your home. You see, now they went, they went to Ai after Jericho. Joshua sent 3,000 men to take down Ai. God's favor was on them. Man, we ain't going to lose nobody. They lose 36 men. They come back and it devastates Joshua. We lost 36 men. He said, we should have lost nobody. What's going on, God? He goes to God and God tells him, man, you got sin in your camp. He searches for it and finds Achan. Achan reveals, I have taken something that God told me not. You know, it's always when a home crumbles, it's always somebody has hid some things in the house that should not be. That should not be. Joshua knew something had invaded them and hindered the anointing of God. In 2 Corinthians 6, I think that's it, my last one. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I would dwell in them and I'll walk in them. How many know that the Holy Ghost walks with you every day? And I will be their God. And this man, this guy, I read it two or three times a day. Listen to me, somebody. God is your God every day. That didn't hit you like it hit me. I know some of you are tired, you're weary, your mind's dead. But let me say again, and I'll be their God. Every day you get up and go to work and go in this old world, he's your God because he goes with you. And they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you. He said, and will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Listen to me, saint of God. You hear me now. You have a salvation that God gave to us through grace that we did not deserve. But he gave it to us to help us be saved. And through that salvation, saints, he gave us some tools to help us to keep our salvation and help us overcome the world. There's nobody in this room or nobody in no church can say, oh, it's so hard, I just can't do it. No, you don't even understand what you have, and you don't know how to use it. Because if you did, you'd understand that God is greater than everything in this world, and he's willing to help you. If you want it, there he is. Go to him. If you want help, get out of it and go to him. It's your choice. Let me thanks God for salvation. Let's give him a praise. Let's stand to our feet. God bless you, saints. Next few weeks, I'm going to get into, the, into a lot of this. And I think it'll be a little bit more different after this night. Had to lay a foundation. But how many thanks for the salvation you got? There's only one. We're going to talk about the one Lord, the one faith, the one baptism. We're going to talk about the one doctrine. We're going to talk about it. You'll hear it from the Word of God. There's no other way in, in the Word of God to be saved. There's no other way. No other way than by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. How many thanks God for Him giving you grace? Let's praise him one more time. Can you lift your hearts and hands and ever how you want to do it and say, Lord, I thank you for salvation. 
I thank you, Lord, for giving me the grace to, to accept what you have given me. Thank you, Father. Somebody thank you. Somebody thank you. <laughs> thank you for that salvation. Thank you. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for salvation. I think sometimes we take it for granted because we don't read it in the Bible. Some of us are just listening to what we listen to, but we don't take time to read it and see what's there. And the Lord's been dealing with me so strongly about it. So the next few weeks, we're going to head down the road. We need to remind it what our foundation is. We pray today that this word has blessed you, ministered to the needs of your life. Until next time, God bless you.